This Agile Life, episode 94, direct from Agile 2015 in Washington, D.C. Booth Bitch versus the Cucumber Guy. The software industry transforms more and more every day. Agile methods are quickly replacing traditional ones. The question is, are you agile enough? This podcast is devoted to agile and lean software development. Time to welcome your agile coaches on This Agile Life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Agile Life, direct from Agile 2015. My name is Jason Tice, and I don't have to say anything to that because there's a ton of people here that want to talk about stuff. So who wants to get it started? I will go ahead. This is Natalie. Uh, I want to geek out for a little bit. Uh, a couple of us had an awesome opportunity today to have lunch with Diana Larson. So uh, we, we got to spend about an hour and a half or so with her, and it was great. Uh, it's a, a very, very pleasant surprise in this trip. So uh, that was super fun. We talked about retrospectives and different approaches with uh, our organizer, organization specifically. So it was really good fun. Um, I did attend a session uh, by Renee, uh, Passion Fruits, but I'm going to let uh, some other people talk about that. But it was a great session. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But first and foremost, what we should say is thank you, Diana, for making yourself available to have lunch. Yes, that is incredibly generous. I didn't get to go to lunch. I was manning the booth. Yes. Uh, so who the heck's that? Thank you. <laughs> who is that? Who is that? Another oh, person. this is Matt Corwell. I, I was known as the booth bitch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. And funny enough, I just went to Diana Larson's met, uh, session on gender roles and how not to make people feel uncomfortable. Oh, <laughs> so, so I learned that that is a hostile environment that was just created for me. <laughs> And who created that environment, by the way? Hi, Renee. Making this really uncomfortable now. No, it's it's, it's, it's excellent. Deliberately. And we learned a demonstration. We learned how to to address those kind of situations. It involved beatings. Oh, nice. Yeah. I should have gone to that. Yes. Session. I, they wait, may have, they may have taken beatings? they may have taken a different tone on it, but that's what I took away from it. <laughs> So that's where Scrum Mistress comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently so. Na- Natalie has her own little logo. It's, a, it's an avatar now, right? We, we've learned the correct lingo, so it is a little whip. Sounds yeah. so so like I wasn't the only one that should have gone to Diana's <laughs> role gender class. So I'm asking, because Matt, you went to the session. So did anyone else go to the, the session about, who was it again? That presented? It, was, it was Diana Larson. And uh, she was joined by someone, right? Uh, Sharon Buckmaster, okay. I believe. And they were talking about just different scenarios in which we can help from creating a hostile work environment, recognizing those, uh, be it uh, really any gender, uh, men harassing women, women harassing men, men harassing men, and vice versa, and really focusing on making, as they said, the everyone have the best work environment in the best possible way to have the best job that they can. So can I ask, what motivated you to go to that? I'm curious. Um, honestly, it was it was a couple of things. I, was, I saw it on the schedule. And I thought about going to it, but to be honest, I felt a little, it, you know, it was, it said for all the women out there, and then at the bottom it said, and for men. Um, and so I thought, I said, you know, this, it sounds interesting, and the, the thing that motivated me is being an engineer in the team room, which is, it, in most of the teams I've been on, is usually mostly men with a couple of women. Um, it's really easy for the guys to get going and talking and get to a situation where they're making jokes about things that are really inappropriate and uncomfortable. And in our engineering world, which is, like I said, it, at least in the teams I'm on, mainly men, 
crossing that line and they they classified him as sticky icky and tricky uh and sticky being unintentionally you know well well intentioned but still uncomfortable things and i see that all the time in in old teams new teams it's just it's a thing within our industry and helping me kind of be aware of that and learning how to address that and what some of their possible solutions were was really a motivator and you know i wasn't going to go and i went to the talk i went into the room for the talk for the pivotal uh cloud architecture guys and there weren't any women in the room and i thought this is exactly the kind of situation and setup that we find that that keeps us kind of siloed into thinking not about the other people on the team and so i turned around and went back to that one and uh, i didn't know if it was going to be the he-man women haters club or what or you know um or i guess vice versa the he-man men haters club but it was really informative i thought everyone was was really great and we had some really good dialogues in a round table sort of way what kind of how how was the the dude ratio in there there weren't there weren't a lot of dudes um there were some some guys um I just make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I know I'm I'm fresh off the presses here, so it's all in my head. That's the um, theme of the show is to make everyone uncomfortable. I think. Right. And so it, there were there were I used there were a bunch of tables. There was one or two guys per table. There were four or five women. It was pretty much the opposite of a team room, right? Where there was a bunch of women and and one or two guys. So and you were in the mon- minority. For I, a I was in the minority. What did that feel like? Um, honestly, I was I was very nervous about um, saying the wrong thing or getting yelled at or getting not not that there was any of that in the room, but going into it, I I just didn't know how receptive a room full of, of women would be to a guy coming in as a minority, and uh, they were great, and I thought it was a really informative worthwhile session well and the one thing i'll just share and i know we've talked about this before is that unfortunately people people of any gender can be a jerk mm-hmm. so so i think that there are certain elements of that although it is good because i think the gender issue does draw it out but and i know we've had a session like that on the program here the past few years so we'll be sure to put the link a link to that in the show notes for yeah, people that want to check it out i'm sure were there some slides or was there, there, there was slides there was a, a gender uh intelligence quotient test that you could take oh, cool. to see how gender where you were there were a bunch of things and they to Diana's credit she did call out that the discrimination the the judging of team members based on gender orientation nationality whatever the situation may be is a common problem her personal experience has been as a woman and so that's kind of where she was presenting the session from but this understanding and being aware of of not creating a hostile environment for team members regardless of, of what the difference is is was really the focus so it was like I said it was really a pretty cool session. It was different from the kind of deep dive tech stuff we usually kind of I usually kind of try and grab out of these places, and that's that's why I went just to just to be kind of provocative and get my mind expanded a little bit. So it's more focused on biases than enhance. Yeah, yeah. It really was about keeping finding solutions to dealing with and preventing hostile work environments. Like I said, mainly from her point of view as a woman, but from from anyone that might experience those situations. Uh, uh, like I said, sexual orientation, race, nationality whatever it may be you know one last question how many total people were there I'm just curious it was pretty full there were there were uh, and the room was not full but there were but like, 10 or 12 tables with five or five to ten people at each table there was there was more than 50 okay. people cool. yeah. yeah it was very cool All right, well, who, who wants to share something else anybody <laughs> now that I brought everybody down to a yes, real somber level somber. get this back up <laughs> this really well, well, we got lots of noise here because otherwise we'll just go on the executive panel discussion going on over there <laughs> 
No. Uh, no. That's no. Okay. no. You don't want to talk to the analysts? <laughs> <laughs> so who's our next analyst that's going to give us a review? Uh, let's see. Joe and I went to one this afternoon, the Rewire Your Brain. Practices to use better, to use brain plasticity. 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 What was wrong with me? Uh, to become a better coach. That was um, Sarah's session. So I liked that one because I think she, she approached it from just make, making us have a, a role-playing session. So we started off the session by kind of picking someone that uh, you find difficult to work with. And then you just went through these series of exercises of imagining yourself in these different states of brain activity um, until you get to the, the executive thinking, which is the ideal state, and uh, how you would interact with that person and, and really trying to understand what motivates them. So uh, I particularly loved the pick two, like two or three things about that person that you find it difficult to work with and, and figure out what's what their motivations are. And just and we all, it was a really short time period too that you had to work with the other person you were talking to. It's so like one minute and you just had to come up with it and get their feedback. So really cool session. Yeah, and I really thought that the, the nice piece of it was by limiting that time, you were prioritizing how you're going to work with that person, how you can improve that relationship. And I think it also um, kind of segues into a session I had earlier today with Doc Liz we talked about conflict and putting yourself in another person's shoes and, and being counterintuitive so that you can actually start to develop a process to communicate with them because if you don't do that often the first thing you do is shut down and you start arming yourself to, to battle this person a lot of time building allies against that person which isn't going to lead you to a positive result in those cases and the two people that just spoke would they mind telling us who they are Whitney Houston. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, she's still dead. Sorry. Uh, Joe Nauman. And uh, Rose Hemlock. Who were on our last episode because they came in and uh, we wrote them late at night. Now we are, we're, we're interfering, we're trying to podcast during happy hour. That's scary. <laughs> we did it after happy hour last <laughs> In fact, I don't remember it happening, did it really? Yes, it did. I have the evidence. Does anybody else have anything to share? Here, there's a stranger. Who's the new, here's a new person that we have no idea who they are. So who are you? Version 1 spy? <laughs> John Zestro? No, no, no. Amos King? You've been sent to kill me. <laughs> uh, my name is Rick Storm. Um, you know, one of the sessions that I, I thought was really good today was a uh, whole team dynamic organization modeling. Uh, it sounds awful, but it was actually really cool because what you did is it was Lego play. So you had to build your organization with Legos, um, which was really cool because when I tried to do it, I had like all these scrum teams all over the place. They're all independent, and then I had to draw, like, connect them with all these different Legos. And we were able to draw like a tower with the IT managers kind of over top of the teams, kind of overviewing. And, uh, it was really neat to kind of spread it all out and kind of go through it. It really uh, a good value in there. It's funny, I have to admit, um, yeah, that was it. So I don't know, and this is, we're doing a podcast, but I can, I can present the visual evidence. Who knows my handwriting? Anybody? So, so the pictures in the brochure that, they, that, that Corinne was handing out were taken at the Agile Games Conference in, um, in here. I'll show you a better example here. Natalie's going to do it here. I'll show you when I write with a Sharpie on a post-it note. <laughs> Yes, this yes, is indeed it is the same writing. The same writing so. I'm now going to do an analysis of your handwriting. 
So what's funny is, so uh, I, I walked in there, and I, I walked in just seeing the title. I didn't even look at who presented it, what the title was. Oh, it sounds organizational modeling fun. And then I saw the brochure, and I was like, oh, boy. Awkward. I'm going to leave. <laughs> kind of know where this one's going. I have the visual evidence here. Uh, so, But I'm glad to hear you, because guess what? I've done this technique with several organizations, and it works. So... Um, Lego works. You can also use. Did you guys use the pipe cleaners on stuff? We did. we did. Yeah, so you can use like pipe cleaners and stuff too, or just even paper. Um, and the cool thing, I'll just plug because I did. I did talk to. Um, you got to get the names out here. I had to look at my notebook here to find the evidence of the post-it notes there, so Natalie could say that I'm not a freak here in line. Uh, but the uh, where was it? Still call me about a liar. <laughs> oh, where was it here? Um, yeah, but like, oh, so cat. But like, I, t- I talked to Catherine afterwards. So she told me she actually has a new version of this, like an updated version. So I know we've done an agile uh, this agile life episode from the Agile Games Conference, and so we're, we were talking about let's figure out how to maybe do that in April 2016 at Agile Games 2016. So because it actually talks about like services design and, and it's a little more technical than this. So, but that was cool. So I'm glad you went to that and talked about that. So yeah, it was great. I was the guy that got up and left. <laughs> Tying into that, I just uh, my final session today was the uh, uh, learning. Uh, Learn stuff for games, or games and, and learning stuff. Uh, so there were some really good games in in uh, in that one. Um, uh, drawing a picture of trust and, and talking about that. We did another exercise where one person played the developer, and then they had uh, pictures up on screen of things that you needed to describe to the developer, and they had to draw them. The, the, I won't give too much away. They're all. Uh, this is a, was actually run by the guys from uh, Tasty Cupcakes, so you can probably find most of these games out there. Uh, but it was just a really, it was a nice session to go to at the end of the day because you're, you know, like you've, you've had lunch, it's been a long day, and this was actually movement, getting around and playing a game. So it was a really nice day to, nice uh, session to end the day with. Um, and what else did we do in there? We had uh, the context switching game, you know, where you do the A, B, C, D, and then it gets increasingly harder. Um, and uh, pocket size principles, which was really interesting, and I'm definitely going to play this with some of the, the uh, some of the teams back home. You've uh, never done that? No. Well, we, I had not seen. We that have one a before. mutual. You have. We have a colleague together that like made that part of our agile training. I see. I'm surprised you haven't ever done it. That's Wait, strange. so what is it? What is it? What's the so pocket size principles is you put the, the 12 principles up there and the team has to come up with a description of each principle in three words or less. This would be so fun. And, yes. And what, and what is interesting, because we, we do this in agile training, and what I actually recommend, and I know people have done, is to do that like as part of a team inception. Because what happens is a lot of times in a, in a large organization, you form a team and everyone kind of comes from different places, different teams, or even sometimes like you'll get a team where like there are people from a vendor on the team and maybe they don't even know what Agile is. So you do this pocket size principle, how long did it take you? As, well, we actually separated it in tables, but they gave the recommendation that you it's, it is time boxed um, and you will allow roughly a minute for each principle yeah. and it's 12 minutes long. Some, te- some are, are faster. Some examples, uh, number two was change or die. 
That one comes up a lot. So um, yeah, you didn't do them all. What happened? No, to your group? no, they did. We we you, ran you, out you of like time. You like the okay. So we we gave some examples. So I'll give the ones I have. Number three was de- uh, deliver value daily. Number four, all together daily. Number nine was uh, minimize tech debt. So for the listeners out there, go ahead and match them up to the agile <laughs> principles. But, but yeah, it, it it was a fun exercise. It's a fun. And the key thing I want to see is the time. It's yes. like it's literally like if you ever wanted to know how do you do an agile training course or a refresher in like fifteen minutes or less, this is it. And it's fully interactive because you basically you say, hey everyone, pull up the agile manifesto, read the statements, and condense them down to three words or less and the, the little trick i like to throw in there i don't know if they talked about this is you cannot use any of the words that yes, are actually in because the, then it because yep. be, then it becomes more of a mind game other than just a word exercise so can you google synonyms or something like that i have fun with that i, I guarantee you if you let people use technology it'll probably slow them down so that's a new voice who is that this is melanie hi melanie hey jason i am a quality advocate and so I was really excited to hear Lisa Crispin and Janet Gregory this morning. I'd actually never um, heard them speak before. And I guess a, a lot of good things came out of that uh, test by example um, and exploratory testing. They were given a lot of suggestions on how to start that up. And the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting, it, um, especially now, is that I think that a lot of people feel that QA has to um, they have to be coders and they have to be able to write the automated tests and they talked a lot about how we have developers to write the automated tests and so you know quality should be uh, writing the tests from the customer's perspective and um, it's okay if the developers automate it so I thought that was kind of interesting because I have not been hearing that lately um, in the circles that I hang out with well, the, the, develop, the, the developers should write the test? Yeah. Our developers should code the tests. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then also, too, they were talking a lot about test by example. And then the last um, presentation I went to was, I'm trying to think his name, Matt. Time, maybe? Sorry, I'm going to break my the notes. Cu- are, cucumber my guy. Notes, yeah. Were you in the same Yeah, yeah my notes are in Google yeah. Docs, so it takes a while. The cucumber, cucumber guy. Hey, the cucumber, cucumber guy. Yeah. Gherkin, and know. I really liked, I really liked the exercise he did, especially, you know, you had to write some rules, and without communicating, somebody else had to figure out what the rules were, so that was, that was enlightening, you know, and um, so I really enjoyed that, and I'm looking forward to taking this back to, to my project to have an experiment. Matt Wynn. That, Matt Wynn. Matt Wynn. Yeah. Well, and one thing also, that um, it, it's uh, right now it's Tuesday the 4th of August so the night before this Monday evening at the conference we had our very small St. Louis Agile outing a few of us went out to dinner and one of the things we, that I know is common for a few people in that group is we've talked about how do you do automated testing for things like business intelligence and like um, like ETL like data transitions mm-hmm. and so I went to a session called data done right today where they actually showed a real demo and this is there's a link to this to watch it on YouTube of how they're doing really automated user acceptance tests using um, using Gherkin and basically Urban uh, and Ruby to basically stub out and do true almost BDD around your around Informatica. So you write a script to basically assert it, and then you run a test. It fails. Then you go and you configure Informatica or whatever you're using for ETL, mm-hmm. and you're and you can do that in with a COTS product. And so that was just really really cool and they were speaking to again I've heard it repeatedly that you know that if you work in an environment on a data project they want to do the whole data model up front so how do you get people to think about breaking data down 
into working on it in a small increment. So they had some great insights there. So we'll definitely put a link to that one in the show notes because it was good. And I know our people from St. Louis are interested in that topic also. So we'll have to we'll have to go. Melanie came out with our St. Louis group last night. So we'll have to go find those people that are probably riding that Ferris wheel over there because they really wanted to ride it. And um, maybe they're stuck on it. But that was a good one. So um, Yeah, there's actually, I, I was consulting for a company in St. Louis who like lived in Informatica and trying to actually get those tests in. I mean, it, it was an entire like BA team effort. It was insane. Like everything shut down while the BAs were writing the tests. So I'm I'm interested in that session. I'll have to look that one. Well, up. the other thing too that I'll sure I got some uh, some listeners that um that are actually people I currently support. And if anything, we'll I think as a team we'll probably go over this um this presentation because it basically aligns exactly to the approach. And like one of the things they talked about was on a data project having the product owners sit directly with the team and be co-located. So we're actually going to have a, a product owner from our client. He's a technical, he'll be our technical product owner. He's going to co-locate with our team doing work. So we're actually going to follow the exact recommendations they um, they gave on a, in that presentation in a project that we're doing in St. Louis coming up. So, uh, and since the people from the people from the client actually listen to this Agile Light, maybe we'll have them come on and talk about how it went. That would be fabulous. that would be fascinating. Yeah, real time feedback. But we'll see if they want to. Um, but it, but that's again, that's just the validation. Then really to the guys that shared that those suggestions that we were planning to do the exact same things they recommended. So, how about a few more? Anyone else got some stuff? I don't have to talk all night here, but oh, Matt wants to get back in. So I, I was sitting here thinking, I, I mentioned this to my, my colleagues here last night, uh, or earlier last night. I uh, I bailed really early in the evening. Um, now, can I did you really bail, or were you like up on the 19th floor having a party? I wish. I wish I was up on the 19th floor. Oh. Old me would have been up on the 19th floor. Okay. New me video chatted with the family and couldn't get back out of bed. <laughs> So, oh. so that yeah, the 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 aura is gone. The the good old days are gone. But uh, what I was what I was really interested in. This is my first agile conference, and as we know, I've been doing this podcast on and off since the beginning. Um, sometimes uh, faithfully, sometimes not. Um, but I've been practicing and and really believing in an agile way of being for a reasonable amount of time and to me agile as a lightweight reactive process that allows me to cut through a problem and get something done i've been having a really hard time reconciling all of this all the process and the tools and the the people offering scrum certification and all these different things i'm not necessarily it's a bad thing but to me it's an it's an interesting thing because it doesn't fit with my personal personal belief system of tiny and I said tiny as the baby cries um, <laughs> of of a light and reactive kind of way of being. Does anyone? And I know we've kind of talked about this mm-hmm. on the podcast before, but I've I've seen it firsthand now, and I'm having a little bit of a, a religious schism re- reconciling the way I I kind of picture it and practice it versus what I'm seeing here, which is great that everyone's together, but it's also kind of scary. Like the, the product that I won't call out that has a demonstration downstairs, and they said, here, you can lay out all your story cards for everything you'll ever want to do before you start your project, and then you have them on this great board. And I said, but isn't that called Waterfall? And he really looked stunned and confused and a little angry, and then I went on to do something else. So there's there's just lots of lots of things here that have confused me. I really wish I could have been there for that. <laughs> I had a... Um... I actually spoke to, uh, I, I ran into another presenter who I, I won't mention their name because I, I don't know if they're willing, but they actually made the comment that that this um, they had submitted a topic that they really wanted to get in. And it was like, 
it was a more forward-leaning topic. And then they also submitted the stuff that they had presented a few years ago. And, you know, almost to come back and offer to present again. And, and they they chose the, the, they didn't choose the new idea, they chose the old idea when they selected the program. So, which, now what's good is the newer idea, was you had to understand the basics. So mm-hmm. obviously there, we want to cater to growing new practitioners, but I, but I think that there's some there's something to be said there, Matt, because I think there are more and more people who have taken Agile and they want to build a framework. Unfortunately, Renee has left to talk about frameworks, but but you know they want to build a product or they want to they want to use, they want to build a product, and that's what you're seeing down in the expo hall. Yep. Yep. At Lean Coffee, I know we mentioned this on the episode um, on our second episode from the conference. Um, the first day, there was a very interesting discussion at Lean Coffee about that wheel that was in the packets, you know, and how that's yes. also a product for assessment and whether or not that was a, a good thing. So I think that that's unfortunately, it, it's the Agile community is growing, which is great, but with the growth comes some of these items that... Heretics. And should, and should we yeah. take an, an Agile approach to those tools, right? Yeah. If it fits, use them. If not, don't. But, and, and, you know, so it, and I think that you know, there are some tools that, that are helpful. Where I'm sure we're all using some level of tool somewhere. Uh, but I, there's a reason why we came up with the new acronym the other week when, on our podcast, MWAP, Making Money with Agile Processes. I mean, that, that, that is a real thing. Yeah. And the thing, too, I went to, um, I went to Eric Willicke's session at the end of the day today. It was about, it was about scaling social fabric uh, for agility. And Eric was my co-chair on the the help track this year, so I want to go support him in that session. And he actually started by, and I, I I really he had some very strong statements that were actually really good, and they're very true. They speak to exactly what you're saying. He said that any process should amplify the attempts for people to be successful, emphasizing people. So it's not about managing. Um, and really that as you're taking a process, I mean, what do we think about some of the stuff that, who knows, I might even send the past, that a process should optimize for people, not for profit, not for the org, not for, not for you know, some middle manager, but for the people actually doing the work. And so I think that's what you're kind of hitting on there is that there are some that are taking that and they're saying, let's try to just evolve that into a standard thing because people are different. So Mm -hmm. a standard process is not always going to fit. Yeah. And and to to me, back in the the religious kind of philosophical uh, mindset, someone asked me earlier, well, what's the real difference between Scrum, Kanban, and Lean, and which one's better? And I said, well you know what, you should do whichever piece of those works for you with whatever other piece of those work for you. And as soon as someone offers you a certification that this is the way to do one of those, I feel like you failed, like right off the bat. Now, and and that's not intended to be disparaging against those who may or may not be certified for this or that, but in a holistic kind of way, the entire basis is using what you need to adapt and be successful. And like you said, Jason, finding, finding this this thing that we can just apply across the board so someone can sell something just just to me it irks irks my spirit <laughs> sorry the the in this morning session agile passion fruit session that our lovely host is now departed from i i liked how she presented it that you can have the you know, your your one tool kit that you use so if you're a scrum practitioner you've got scrum and that's where you start and you're really really good at scrum and then as you evolve, you might learn those other concepts like like mean startup concepts or like Kanban or whatever it may be. But then as you evolve even further, that's the point where you, you're adept enough at kind of creating your own thing out of 
all of those things that you've learned. So I'm not inherently opposed to certifications as much as I'd love to say, down with certifications. I, I get that they sort of have a use in enterprise environments. Some, some people who don't understand these things at all can at least then say, you, you have a certification. I, I think I can talk to you. But if, if the certification is without experience, I think it's worthless. And that's where I, I like to just be able to draw upon, you know, what you learn in getting those certifications as well as the work, the actual experience yeah, of the doing value, it. The value from the certification comes from the activity yeah. it takes to yes, get it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and actually, I was at Bean Coffee the other day with Renee. We were, we were being bad Lean Coffee participants because we were having a side conversation. But she said it best. Um, because she actually, to her credit, has a, a very lightweight framework, but she doesn't sell it, nor does she, she doesn't, she, her, her statement was, uh, speaking on her behalf, is she uses it for learning. It's a learning mechanism. So really, any of this stuff, certs, learning, even that, you know, that wheel thing, or your, 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 right, let's write all the stories down. If we frame all those things as ways that we can learn, and then basically learn what works and what doesn't work, that's awesome. Yep. But I think that's where a lot of people are looking for that whole kind of, let's just rubber stamp it all and yep. call it a day, and that's where it doesn't work. I wrote down the phrase agile lemmings today, which I was like, that's inherently an oxymoron. It should never be that. Just just because I was thinking about all the, all the vendors and all of the kind of, this is the right way, and this is the only agile way, and that, that's totally not how we should be approaching this. To, uh, to your comment about Renee's session, uh, which a few of us here attended, uh, she did talk about collaborative learning extensively. And what was great is that, you know, like, and some differences that you'd see from some other, you know, uh, other more skills in the, on the, in the booth side of things. But uh, she certainly um, said that she doesn't even want to be the one continuously teaching. She wants to, to hand this off to them to do and to self-organize around around getting that collaborative learning going rather than her having to teach those principles as well. Such a good point. Such a good point. One of the big things I took from Renee's talk today and being newer to Agile um, was that the more you're preparing yourself to teach others what you're learning, the the better you're learning. And I think if there's anything I can encourage newer Agile practitioners to do is to try and teach other people, obviously with some support, make sure you're not talking out of one end of your body, <laughs> um, but setting yourself up for that is, is going to really enhance your learning along the process too and, and amplify it and sometimes even speed it up. And we aren't talking about Renee like she's not here. She truly isn't here. She had to uh, step out. Yeah, so. she had to step out. So which we can't, we didn't make a video. Of, oh, well. So, yeah, and even something I heard too is this, um, actually Mel- Melanie and I went to a, um, uh, uh experience report that was given by um, Heidi Helfand about Really, it was actually really, really relevant. I think for for you, Natalie, because it was about like how to run an agile office. Like if you're running an agile team, so it's an experience report. So there's paper for it, so you should check it out. But she she talked about learning and again, kind of answered some things about that question about like scrum masters versus agile coaches, and even how if you're working in a corporate environment, you can work more as a coach and kind of get a team going and then shift to where you you can support multiple teams because many of the practices on the team become self-sustaining yes mm-hmm. so and i know there's um i know that's kind of another controversy about does a team need a, whole, a full-time scrum master yes or no or is a scrum master a person that is a coach or are they a scrum master and so her paper kind of talked through that um and she also a few other games she mentioned she has some games she mentioned she had done because yeah as she became a coach one thing she said that she always kept because she thought it was so important 
was helping teams facilitate really effective retrospectives. Yeah. So um, <laughs> the one that, here's a bonus, which did you do this in the game session? Has anyone here ever done a retrospective constellation? No. Oh, okay. So look that up, put that on your to-do list. That's where you would actually have your people on your team arrange themselves like a constellation. Now, Richard, have you done this? I haven't done it, but okay. I think it's in uh, Esther Derby's book. It's in Esther Derby's mm -hmm. book, yeah. and I believe yeah. it's also on yeah. Tasty Cupcakes. Or if not, just, just Google retrospective constellations will probably come up. But this idea of using space and the people to like make yourself make a model of a solar system using the people on this team that represents how we did our last release or our last plan. Yeah. It's just fun. I bet yeah, it We'll is. have a very interesting conversation. Well, And what was that, that uh, called? Uh, it, that is called Retrospective Constellations. I don't know if it has another name, but I'm pretty sure that's Googleable. Look at the white paper that you... Oh, it was called Scrum Master, uh, being a team Scrum Master to uh, running an Agile Coaching Office. It was by Heidi Helfen. She's with Appfolio. She's been showing up. She was at the Lean Kanban conference. She was at the Coach Camp here, and she's here too. So she's uh, she's she's trending positive. So <laughs> our talk was really good. I'll definitely look that up. Thank you. Yeah. Well, any bonuses? I got I got two picks. I'm gonna do okay. I got two picks. So we've been talking a lot about coaching. Um, so on Friday, if you happen to hear this before the end of the conference, uh, a colleague Dan Nezik, he's gonna do a um, a presentation about the use of open space really to support agile transformations. And one of the topics that is really trendy right now is this idea of invitation over mandate. So instead of really inviting people to start to learn about Agile as opposed to forcing them to learn what Agile is and saying you must do test-driven development and pair all the time. It's more of an invitation. So he has a, he has a session on Friday morning the 7th about that. So you can so go to... Heidi talked about that too. Yeah, well, he, she's in the group of us that really believe strongly in this invitation concept. Okay. So I'm promoting Dan because it's a, it is a need. It is something that very few people have ever done and open space agile transformation, but I have, uh, which, and I did it just because it made sense before I even yeah. ever met Dan Mezik. So I would definitely check that out on Friday morning if you're here, or if you are really sleepy, uh, that's Friday mornings. What I get to do, Fire Dice, is a fun game that I have, so I'm going to shamelessly promote my game here. So come hang out with us. Uh, you can take all the stuff with you and have fun, and maybe since some of us I know from St. Louis aren't leaving until like 7 o'clock on Friday evening, maybe we'll play at the airport or something, I don't know. What are we all going to do? So, drink. 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 Wonderful. Well, I think, guess what? It is, it's Tuesday evening. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? Yes, it is. I think we should call this a wrap, and we will touch base sometime later in the conference. So, thank you, everyone, for sharing. If you have feedback about our episode, uh, let us know. Contact us on Twitter. We'll post some show notes up with some links to the presentations we talked about here. And uh, that's it. So, thanks for, thanks for listening, and keep living this Agile life. This Agile Life is brought to you by a community of Agile developers and coaches aspiring to spread the word about this groundbreaking approach to software development. Join us at thisagilelife.com forward slash community.